Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. God's got something special for you. And uh, I just believe it with all my heart. And uh, for those of you who are joining us online with our online campus, we certainly are so glad that you're here. And as, as always, we just encourage you. You're checking us out from a distance, and we love that you have that opportunity to do it. Just give yourself a screen name. Enter into the conversation with our pastors and our team that's moderating and, and interacting with you. Uh, and I'm just going to encourage you to, you, I know you're checking us out to see who we are, what we're about, but until you're in the room, you can't fully feel uh, the family and, and who, you, who we are and who you could be in the middle of this. So I'm going to invite you in the next few weeks just to come out, but, but where you're at today, we love where you're at today. Uh, and of course, uh, we love that you showed up strong church and uh, we're going to do something different right now. I just feel like... <laughs> If you know us, we are, we're very strict managers of time at Citizen Heights. I got a clock always telling me what a poor time management person I am. And uh, why? Because we know we get 52 Sundays and we don't want to mail any of them in. We don't want to waste one minute of it. And so we're really strategic to plan, but sometimes God says, sometimes the Spirit of God helps you while you plan a week before. And sometimes the Spirit of God just interrupts you in the midst of it. And uh, this is an interruption moment. And, and close people close in your life can interrupt you. And uh, we're going to let God interrupt today. So I'm going to have you do something a little bit different. I'm going to have you sit down right where you're at. Don't worry. Some of you are panicking like, where are the snacks? Because you know that there's, uh, you know, we have a tradition here called the five where we we take five minutes to get some names of people around us, and of course, our hosts come out with snacks, and it's a, it's a wonderful moment, isn't it? And uh, so I, I, I think we can invite the snacks out. That's okay. And uh, But you'll just, actually, let's wait on the snacks. Let's bring the snacks. Yes. Let's wait on the snacks until uh, Citizen Group Sunday is is today and so immediately following our experience we're all going to go downstairs uh we'll we'll get the snacks out during citizen group sunday you're gonna have a chance to meet uh some of our group leaders join a group find out more about groups that are meeting near you or meeting about things that you care about and uh so we're all we're gonna do all that stuff um and we're gonna dismiss citizen kids so that they can find their way right now to their classes we love them so much And uh, as they find their way, um, we're going to go back into this song in a few moments, but we're going to shift gears. And um, I think God wants to say something. So we can turn the lights up like you had them a second ago so I can see your faces. It's only fair. If you can see my face, I want to see your face. And uh, I want to I share, because as we were singing that song just now, I, I, uh, I appreciate that some of those lyrics, if, if you know... If you've read the Bible a little bit, that's a very, very deep song. And there are references in, in that song about the, the dove, releasing the dove again. And, and uh, it's referencing, of course, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. And it says the, a dove let upon him. It was the Spirit of God. And then the Spirit led him out. And, um, and, and that song centering 
on the Holy Spirit. And it just so happens today that I wanted to talk to you about the Holy Spirit in a way that I probably have never talked to you about the Holy Spirit. Now, we've talked to our leaders about it, and we've talked to uh, on, like, what, what we used to call encounter weekends, uh, where people would go away, and we'd, you know, for three days, and we'd talk about uh, the third person of the Trinity, but I want to invite you right now, let's shift gears, let's pretend like we had our snacks, instead our hellos, because uh, we're going to have a lot of time after, during Citizen Group Sunday, for you to be able to have, have that time to connect with people. It's, it's, it's not a incidental. It's, it's an important priority for us, so please uh, stick around for that. But I want you to go ahead and switch gears with me. We're going to turn in the Bible to John chapter 16. And uh, we're in a series right now uh, co- that we're calling Awakenings. Revival is near. And we made, this, we made this statement at the beginning of the series that uh, is revival here? You know, that was kind of the title we were thinking about. Awakenings, revival is here. And we said, well, we don't know historically if, if it will be pronounced and be like determined that we were in an awakening. We were in a, what, church history or the Bible, you know, just a biblical awakening or revival. But one thing, so we don't know if church, we don't know if revival's here, but we do know revival is near because God is near. And there's an invitation and and an opportunity in every heart to invite Jesus to come closer. And just now in worship, just Holy Spirit, come closer. And, uh, and to revive us. And so week one, we talked about the past of revival. And that we talked about the history. But more importantly, we talked about my heart personally drawing near to God. Are you okay, church? Some of you are really, like, disrupted by this change of rhythm. But week one, we talked about church history, how revivals and awakenings are an emphatic historical fact. God comes to awaken and revive his people, which is good news for you and I because sometimes we're sleeping, we're slumbering, we've dozed off, right? And week two, we talked about the purpose of revival. And that was last week, we talked about repentance so that times of refreshing will come. Remember that? And we talked about having those three understandings. We all have sinned, we all need to repent, and we all can be cleansed. Good news, right? Uh, Today, I want to talk about the power of revival. I want to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit factor. And so uh, you've had time, hopefully, to find John 16, verse 7. Uh, Our team will put this on the big screen for you. But let's read it. Matter of fact, I want to read it out loud together off the big screen. Is that okay? Let's let's hear your neighbor and your own voice saying this with me. We'll read it with with great inflection. Are you ready? Read Read it like you're a preacher. All right. Let's read it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Say amen. We just sang a song about the helper, the Holy Spirit. Um, And I want to talk about uh, a topic today pneumatology. And I want to talk about renewing your pneumatology. Are you ready for this? Uh, You know who had great pneumatology? Pneumatology is your understanding and belief, what you believe about the Holy Spirit. Last week, we actually talked about soteriology, what you believe about repentance and salvation. And so we're slipping some solid doctrine in here, ladies and gentlemen. But what I want to talk about is your pneumatology. What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? What do you believe the Bible says 
about the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know who had great pneumatology? Jesus. That's right. The answer is always Jesus. When a, they ask you in public and they're soliciting the, the, the public response, it, it was Jesus. And Jesus, these are the words of Jesus we just read in John 16, 7. And he says, and he calls the Holy Spirit helper. And it means the, that literally, that Greek word means the one who's by your side. Uh, so it's translated in, in, in different ways, but literally it's the one who's by your side. And we'll see in a minute, that's, that's a reference, a clear reference Jesus is making to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells us something in John 16, 7. Hopefully it, it, it's still up there. But look, what he told us is, it's to your advantage that I go away. Right? This is hard to believe, isn't it? Like, Jesus is the truth. He cannot lie. But Jesus, really? It's to our advantage that you're going away? Uh, is Jesus being self-effacing? Is he, is he being falsely humble? No. But if I were to hear that for the first time, I, I, I would interrupt Jesus. I would kind of be that Peter guy, right? Going out on a limb. <laughs> Jesus, if I may, <laughs> if I may suggest Jesus, it, it, would, it would be way better if you were still here today. Like, it would be way better. Can you imagine if Jesus was preaching today? <laughs> Can you imagine? As Citizen Heights guest speaker, Jesus. Because he's still here. He never went away, and he's and so he's here. Here's Jesus. Can you imagine? And then and you know after church we'd bring in one crisp and juicy Peruvian chicken. You know what I mean? For our online campus, that is a very special restaurant here in Tenley Town in Northwest DC, and and we would just bring in if Jesus was still here, we'd bring in one of those Peruvian chickens. And Jesus would multiply that crisp and that juicy, you know what I mean? And we would eat it, that it would be one, but it would feed many, and we would eat it, and we'd all go home with like baskets of Peruvian chicken left over, you know, he'd just blam, chicken for everybody, feasting. Jesus, if I may interject Jesus, be better if you stay. We haven't seen what you do. We haven't heard what you say. We haven't seen the demonstration of power in which you transform lives. Jesus, with all due respect, better if you stay. You know, and then afterwards, you're downstairs in Citizen Hall signing up for a citizen group because Jesus would want that. Because at Citizen Heights, everyone has a group. And you get... You get uh, Jesus' attention. You start telling him about some of your uh, back taxes and tax problems. And he summons a fish from the Potomac with a check to the IRS in its mouth. And you're like, it is to my advantage that Jesus is still here. Right? If Jesus was still here, the blind eyes that he'd open, the cancers and, and diseases that he'd rebuke and heal, the wounded hearts he'd make whole. Oh, if I may, Jesus, it'd be way better if you were still here. But listen to the words of Jesus. We'll put it up again. John 16, verse 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. I will send him to you. 
Jesus is, is being very pointed here. We need something that Jesus is sending to us. The helper, the Holy Spirit. See, when you're talking about revival, biblically and historically, when you're talking about awakenings, biblically and historically, you have to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You have to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and specifically the work of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is part of our revival awakening lineage, biblically and historically. The importance of having a a well-studied, a biblically informed understanding of the Holy Spirit, it can't be overemphasized. You You gotta get this in. And whether this is a moment where you're deepening your roots of faith or you're still wondering who is God, can I just tell you, we're talking about, Jesus said you, you need an advantage. Jesus said you gotta have this advantage. And many of us are living without the advantage. Either because we don't understand it, never been taught about it, or have simply gotten too busy for it, or maybe too educated for it. First, let's acknowledge that one Sunday is insufficient to cover this topic. Are you with me? Amen? So I've already decided this is going to have to be a series we circle back to in 2023 where I can really go through it and I don't just get one Sunday. All right, so, but having said that, let's start today by asking God to awaken us to the work of the Holy Spirit and to renew my pneumatology to make it, to align it with what the Bible says And again, pneumatology is the study of and what you believe about the Holy Spirit. So have you ever studied it? Do you, do, do you have certain beliefs about the Holy Spirit? Let me, pneumatology is important to anybody who's trying to understand uh, the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible, uh, we're told, is he's one, yet he is three. It's called Trinity, right? The doctrine of the Trinity. God is one, yet he is three. He is three but he is one. God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit. God is one, but God is three. Many churches have a long-held tradition and and practice of discriminating against the third person of the Godhead. I'm just going to say it. I'm not judging. I'm I'm urging forward. (laughs) Urging us out of. And you you can... And it's easy to see because you can do public invocations um, addressing the Father. Even when we install political figures and judges. Oh, God the Father. People will pray in public, and it's, it's acceptable. We'll let you summon God the Father. And, and if you're going to go bless the food at Guapo's afterwards, you can, you can sign off your blessing in the name of Jesus. We will allow that. But you better not start talking crazy with what all that Holy Spirit stuff. Father, okay. Son, Jesus is a well, it's a strong word, but but Holy Spirit, after all, we're we're smart. We're educated. We're intelligent people. Right? Are you here? We're, we're logically evolved. We're cerebrally uh, centered. Don't, don't come at us with this Holy Spirit stuff. And besides, we've heard all the abuses and the excesses. So isn't it better just to stay away from this Holy Spirit stuff? Listen, can I just encourage you? God can be super, supernatural without us becoming super weird. Those can coexist in the same space. 
But some of us have the, oh, no, sir, not on my watch. <laughs> no Holy Spirit here. Not a tongue will be talked. Not a tear will be shed. Not a spiritual gift will be uh, uh, supplied to the body of Christ. No spiritual gifts, no, no spirit of God moving. We're too smart for that stuff. Are we too smart? Or are we just spiritually asleep? On a very important thing that Jesus said, uh, you're giving up the advantage. It's to your advantage. In fact, I'm going so you'll get this advantage. You might be surprised to discover you've been sleeping on a few verses. <laughs> you might be surprised that you've been sleeping on a missing uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So is revival here? I don't know, but your revival is near. And one of the key points of your revival getting closer to you, the revival being near, actually getting to you and becoming the revival that is here is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Revival and awakenings, it renews the person, I'll get to that in a minute, and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I'm, I'm gonna give you four things. I, I started with seven. We, I, got, I, got, I was trying to get to three. Four ways the Holy Spirit, because what is, Jesus said, it's to your advantage. He's the helper. Listen, if God says, I want to help you with something, I'm not refusing his hand or his help. <laughs> if God says, I would like to help you, and I have a promise for you, I'm not too good for that. Oh, it's okay, Jesus. I'll go without it. I'll be the martyr. I'll soldier on and, and, and go without no, no, no. <laughs> I want the advantage God has for me. I want the advantage God has for our church. I want the advantage that God has for us to walk in victory and walk in the anointing that comes by the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. So this is going to be a shotgun blast. Are you ready? <laughs> Jesus said he's our helper. So how does he help us? Number one, he leads us. He leads us. After Jesus is baptized in the river Jordan, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him, uh, Matthew 4, 1 says, then the Spirit, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. This is an amazing scripture. Think about this for a minute. What, what is happening here? Jesus is led by the Spirit? Jesus is God in the flesh? Jesus, according to John 1, Jesus is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. Like he's, he's the whole package. And yet Jesus, Jesus, don't you know where you're going? Jesus is led by the spirit. Jesus, don't you have this figured out? Jesus is led by the spirit. If Jesus needs it, guess who else needs it? <laughs> if Jesus needs the Holy Spirit's leading, you and I need the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't know if you know this, but God wants to lead you and guide you in your daily life. Like daily guide you. When I was in Bible college, I, I started learning about the Holy Spirit and I, I got really excited about it. I was like, man, if this is true, if this is real, and I, I got a little crazy. I said, you know, super spiritual and super weird and, you know, yeah, yeah, I've been there. But I didn't mind. I said, you know what? I'm gonna take the Holy Spirit out to dinner tonight. I'm not going out with anybody else. I'm not going out with my friends. I'm going to go out, and, and while I eat, I'm just going to, like, meditate on God's word and ask God, what do you want in my life? And what I'm inviting is the Holy Spirit to lead me and to speak to me. And it was crazy how God would speak in those times. 
Like I would just make a little space for the Holy Spirit to lead me. And guess what? He's got coordinates. It was to my advantage. I remember one night, I'm going to confess something crazy. I don't know if I've ever told anybody this. I don't even know if Heather knows this. I'm not hiding it from her. It's just never come up. But <laughs> one day, I, I get in my truck. I'm a Bible college student, probably second year. Just long enough to know how to do real damage. You know, two years in. And uh, I said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, like, you, got, you get the wheel tonight. No, no, no. I don't mean like that. People are like, sounds like a Talladega night scene, doesn't it? <laughs> Feels dangerous <laughs> with this blindfold on. Anyway, so I start, I start driving. I said, Lord, you tell me where you want me to go. I was in Portland, Oregon. That's where I went to college. And so I'm just driving around. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to turn right, tell me to turn right. If you want to turn left, turn left. And, and I would end up on dead ends. I'll just be serious, like honest with you. I'd end up on a dead end street. And I'm like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> like, I, okay, come on. Holy Spirit leads. Listen, when we are learning to be led by the Holy Spirit, you hit and you miss. I mean, and you know when you hit. You know when God said it. Because things start to confirm it. And then doors and avenues start to open to it. And now you go, oh my goodness, he told me about this. And remember that scripture, Isaiah, he said, he awakens my ear to hear as a disciple. He declares to me great and mighty things I did not know. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to declare to you great and mighty things you don't know to lead you. Did you know God wants to guide you in your everyday life? He does. Galatians 5, look at this. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Like, it's so funny to me that we understand that uh, if, if, um, if you were here last week, at least, you understand that we are saved by grace. Our spirit has come alive because we were dead in sin, but because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, he took our penalty on himself. He became the propitiation and full satisfaction and payment for every mistake I've ever made. And because of that, it says, I have become alive in the spirit, right? It's amazing to me that we think, oh, I needed Jesus to come alive in the spirit, and now I'll just walk out the rest of my life in the flesh no Galatians says we live by the spirit and our daily walk is governed and informed and guided and led by the spirit isn't that awesome walking by the spirit allowing the spirit of God to lead us you know have you ever heard that still small voice and you're like Phew, that can't be me I heard that when I was 16 God said you're going to Bible college I said there's no way that was my voice there was no way. That wasn't in me. But, it, but as soon as I heard it, it was a still small voice that instantly was met with um, uh, peace in my heart. Like I was like, oh, that's, that's not me. That's God. And that's good. And I want that even though it's, it's against what I should want and what I thought I wanted. Walking by the Spirit. You know, it's not in your head, but it's, just, it's, a, it's that still small voice starts to lead you. In Romans 8, 14, look at this. We'll put, this will be a little bit of a Bible study, but Romans 8 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We, that, that tells you right there, if you are a son and daughter of the King, God the Father, that the promise of heaven is that he's gonna lead you by his Spirit. It's to your advantage, amen? The inner witness of, of your Spirit, uh, you know, being prompted by his Spirit, being checked by his Spirit being positioned by his spirit. 
And that's that your spirit starts to bear witness of, oh, God is leading me. God is talking to me. The Holy Spirit helps us when we allow him to lead us. You got that? Number two, we're going to start moving faster. Uh, how, does, how does he help us? Number two, convicts us. John 16, 8. If you are here last week, you got some of this, but uh, John 16, 8. And when he comes, Jesus again is saying, talking about the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us and we need his help is he convicts us of sin. Did you know there's a thing called sin? We talked about it last week. You're like, oh, pastor, you're getting old school. Yeah, it's, it's called the Bible. I mean, I, I don't know where else to go. It's the only book we have. We're not hashing out new chapters. We're not discovering new, you know, cerebrally enticing thoughts and concepts. The problem is sin. The solution is a savior. That's going to be the storyline. And, and he helps us by convicting us of sin. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Convicts us of sin. And I have found the Holy Spirit conviction is a lot better than my self-imposed condemnation. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think your self-imposed condemnation is doing God's work for him. No. Condemnation uh, shames you and paralyzes you. Conviction empowers you and gives you hope to turn from what you were doing and start doing the thing that God has for you. So uh, conviction is so much better than condemnation. And God wants us to get rid of things in our life that displease him, right? The only way to really identify those things is by conviction of the Holy Spirit. You used to do it, didn't think anything of it. You, you give your life to Christ, then you go to do it, and there's something wrong with it now. And you know it, and you sense it. And it's not just feeling shame for doing it, it's feeling hope, like I might be able to get over it. I might be able to get beyond it. I might be able to beat this by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit works through our conscience to make us aware of sin in our lives. And so we don't want to silence that voice in our lives. That's an advantage to our lives, amen? And we want that voice louder. And the more you shun it and cover it and, and ignore it, the quieter it gets. But the more you invite it and embrace it and respond to it, the louder and more detailed it gets. Many of us have found that uh, over time, after finding Christ, that we just we start changing. We just start changing. And it's not because we made a list before January 1st. <laughs> you know, it's because the Holy Spirit has his list. And what's great about that is when the Holy Spirit puts the finger on the next item on his list, grace comes with it to beat the thing that's on his list. So I, I don't gossip about people anymore. I just don't do it. This is a day, right? Come on, there's things, there's things that we do. Maybe you're th I, you don't use profanity anymore. You used to. Used to, you know, I don't talk that way anymore. You know, I don't, I don't joke about things that, like, that I used to joke about. I don't allow things that I used to allow. And it's just the Holy Spirit begins working in you. And it's not all at once. Now, some people, it seems like it is all at once. And, uh... You know, we're jealous of them for that. But the rest of us, in the process of sanctification, the Holy Spirit is convicting us, giving us grace and empowerment to change, and we just respond yes to the Lord as he brings the next thing up. You don't have to be the, your own Holy Spirit. You don't have to drive this big list of self-improvement. Let the Holy Spirit bring conviction. We're not. Listen, if you're still, uh, you know, 
If you're still hung up in some sin patterns and habits, uh, you know, a year or two from now, come and see us and let's talk about it. But in the meantime, let the Holy Spirit convict you, grace you, and then transform you. We're not stressing if we see you out in the parking lot doing something a little shady. Well, it depends on how shady, but... We got a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to work in you because guess what? People were patient with us and we're not even there yet. So we're still getting the assignments just like you're getting the assignments, but conviction, much better than condemnation. So we don't need a sermon to tell us we shouldn't do some of the things that we're doing. The, the Holy Spirit wants to tell us, convict us, grace us, and then change us. So he helps us when we allow him to convict us. Number three, empowers us empowers us behold luke 24 says i send the promise of my father upon you remember jesus referred to the holy spirit again and again as the promise of the father that was like his little code the promise of the father the promise of the father and so he says it again i send the promise of my father upon you but listen to this he says tarry in the city of jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high he says wait in jerusalem you're gonna hang out in jerusalem but don't go, don't leave until you are endued with power from the promise of the Father. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. Jesus says you're going to receive power. Now, most of a believer's issues with, with sin, most of our, our issues, people's issues in life, when we're not finding victory, um, in, in, in my experience, is that they're fighting spiritual battles without the power of the Holy Spirit. They're like fighting natural inclinations or carnal desires, and they're, they're not fighting them in the spirit. They're just fighting them with willpower or shame or, man, I wish I, could, I, wish I didn't do that anymore. I feel terrible when I do it. Okay, well, that's, that's the beginning of something, but that's not the same as moving with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, understand Galatians 5, 16. You got to see this for this to make sense. It says, Paul's writing to the church in Galatia, he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. He says, when you're walking in the Spirit, you start to get momentum in the Spirit, and your flesh stops winning <laughs> all the time. Do you hear me? He says, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and your Spirit sets its desire against your flesh, for they're in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Now listen, your spirit needs to become the boss of your flesh. That's what it's saying. It's saying your spirit needs to become the boss of your flesh. Many of us are led by our physical wants, preferences, or our emotional needs, desires. But the spirit is better in the driver's seat to align your emotions and your will and your soul and your physical person. So your spirit needs to become the boss. The Holy Spirit empowers you. And when you receive power spiritually, your spirit gets stronger. Come on, it gets stronger than your flesh, and you start to get some W's. Come on, wouldn't it be nice to get a few W's in that area? Wouldn't it be nice to see you get beyond it and get over it and stop getting beat up by it? It's, it's, uh, it's that habit, that pattern, that cycle that just siphons the life out of you, but a strong spirit Come on, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that you get this help. You need this power so much so that Jesus said, hey, you're going to go to Jerusalem. Some things are going to go down. You're going to freak out. But don't leave the city. Yeah, but Jesus, didn't you tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Didn't you tell, that was the great commission. Jesus, we have a mission. We got stuff to do. 
He says, you can't do any of that stuff if you don't wait in Jerusalem and get the promise of the Father. You better wait for it because you'll be fighting your flesh on your own and have no impact in winning others in the Spirit. Wow. The Holy Spirit helps us when we allow him to empower us. All right, finally, number four. This is where, we, this is where we're going to end. And this is, where, this is really where I wanted to get today. Number four. How does he help? He prays for us and through us. Now, I had to cut three of these, and maybe we'll pick them back up, you know, later in the series. But, but this is where I want to end. Romans 8, 26, it says this. In the same way, look at this. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. What is this, Pastor? What, what, what is this about? Romans 8. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. The Holy Spirit prays for us, and the Holy Spirit prays through us. Most of us have been in a situation where we didn't know what to pray for. Have you ever been in that situation? Like, I don't even know what God wants. I don't even know, I don't even know what I should be saying right now. Our family right now, extended family, we have a, a, a family member in distress. And so we don't know what to pray. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. And he's helping, and there is an advantage when you pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm not sure what to, what to pray. I'm not sure what, what to say in my prayer. The Holy Spirit helps us in those times and actually intercedes for us, saying the prayer through us. Now, what do I mean by that? Galatians says, wordless groans. King James and New King James said, groanings which cannot be uttered. Meaning it's, it's not sensible. It's, not, it's nonsensical. It's not linguistics anymore. It's something else. We certainly don't have time to unpack it today, but there are five instances in the book of Acts where people start to spontaneously pray in non-word words. Non-word words. Instantaneously start to pray five times in the New Testament, and we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes upon a person who has said, I need you, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, I have a promise. My Father has a promise for you. And that promise is an advantage to you. See, the Bible talks about the filling of the Spirit, Old Testament and New Testament. That's, that's like one category. Then it talks about the working of the Spirit. That's another category. It talks about the fruits of the Spirit. That's another category. But the Bible also talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It does. You have, to, you have to know what you believe about these five instances in the New Testament where people were tarrying, waiting for the promise of heaven, the promise of the Father, and when the promise came, the response was praying non-word words. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've heard it. The Bible refers to it as glossolia in the Greek, tongues in our transliterated English. A tongue is a language that you never learned. A tongue is a, is a language that you never learned, but you spiritually received. There are, there are two schools of thought, and I'm just going to break this out for you. You say, oh, are we one of those churches? We are one of those churches because the Bible is one of those books. 
I'm just, now, do we have room for everybody? Absolutely. I was raised Baptist, and there were portions of Scripture I really struggled with. I said, this does not mean, because uh, understand, there's two, there's two, there's a fork in the road at this, at this uh, theology, this doctrine. Pneumatology. What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? Well, there's cessationists who believe all the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. And then there's continualists who believe, no, the advantage Jesus talked about was for his church, for his people. The promise of the Father was for us and continues to be for us. And the cessationists would say, yeah, yeah, but it says when that which is complete has come, these signs will pass away. Okay, cessationists, what is that which is complete? And they go, was it Jesus? No, because all those signs are still happening in Jesus' world, Jesus' life, and all the apostles after him. Okay, so that which is perfect, it must be the canonization of Scripture. That is what is perfect. So as soon as they canonize the Bible, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer working. They have ceased. That's the explanation. But let me get this straight. When we canonize the book, that is the completion of what is perfect. But yet Jesus, who is the book made flesh, needed the Holy Spirit. And here we are, and we don't need the same work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Understand something. This tongue is a language you never learned, but you spiritually received. And it's to your advantage. The Holy Spirit begins to pray through you. The Holy Spirit begins to pray for you. And the power of God is released. I'll never forget, I, I, know I'm, I know this is a little unusual today, but this is one of those, you know, when you're on a building site and you're like, well, some days we're putting the cabinets in, it's really quick. But some days you're pouring the foundation and that's going to take a little longer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, we're putting in a little bit of a footer here today, okay? Understand something. Um, a, as a young Christian, I witnessed to my friends and I remember witnessing to this young lady uh, who was on a work crew with me. We were on a road crew. And I said, you got to come to my church. And I went to a crazy church. By now I had moved, uh, my mom had moved churches. So now I was going to a Pentecostal church. And I was seeing things I never saw before, hearing things I never heard before. And so here, here I am, and I invite my friend to church, like many of you are going to do, because Easter is only three weeks away, and it's the ultimate opportunity for our hearts to be open and for you to say, you're coming to church with me, Right? And so I invite her to church, and she comes to church with me. In the middle of worship, we've got this, at the time, I'll just be honest, I was like, we got this crazy lady in our church. And sometimes when it gets quiet in the middle of worship, she'll start blah, 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 speaking in an unknown tongue. So I did, I didn't, I did not prepare my friend Amy for this. I just hoped it wouldn't happen. But of course it did. It got quiet in the room, and blah, 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 blah. And I went, here we go. I'm trying to make this Jesus stuff look respectable. And uh, so Amy literally falls down on the floor next to me. I was like, oh, like, we've killed her. <laughs> I'm like, she's fainted. It's, it's too disturbing of a situation. She's fainted. And so some people helped me get her to the back of the church. And they're fanning her and, you know, trying to. And, and, and it was kind of weird. And then she just went home and a couple days go by. I'm just like, you, you can't not bring this up. So the next time I see her, I'm like, what's, uh, what are you thinking about from Sunday? And she looked at me. She said, Michael, 
I was so relieved when I heard that lady. I said, what do you mean you were relieved? Because, listen, I'm a Christian. I read the Bible. I see it in black and white. Listen, it, you, you know how my mind works. I'm a deductive, inductive, logical person. There's lots of things that I would explain away if I could. But if it says it and you verify it and you can't escape it, you got to say Jesus knew that this would be to our advantage. you got to say yes to it. And so I said, okay, explain that to me. She said, I was so relieved because just two weeks ago, she said, I was at home. My parents were throwing another keg party. And this, she was a teenager, and her parents were, would constantly throw these big parties. Everybody get drunk. All kinds of crazy stuff happened in her, in her home, and she was involved with it. And she said, but you've been talking to me about Jesus. So I was up in my room, sitting on my bed with my Bible, trying to resist the temptation to go downstairs, trying to resist all this stuff going on around me. And in that moment, I said, Jesus, if you're real, let me know. She said, this was two weeks ago. She said, Michael, for the next three hours, I cried and I babbled in a language I had never heard before. She says, I'm Catholic. They're going to kick me out. I said, not all Catholics won't. She said, I, I don't even know what it is or what it was, but I heard her and I went, there must be context for this. And I began to explain, actually there is. In the New Testament, Jesus said, it is the promise of the Father and apostles, you just tarry in Jerusalem and don't even try to leave that city until you have this gift of power and you're endued with power. And she said, after I got done for three hours, she said, I just felt so much peace. She said, I knew it was God, but I just thought I was crazy too. I'm like, join the club. That might not have been your experience. But maybe it's because you don't have context for the gift that God has for you. Maybe this is a moment that God would awaken your heart and awaken your spirit. That he has an advantage for you that you've been living without. Heather's grandfather, great man of God, got cancer like four times. Each time would pray. Each time would be healed and have another five years. And he was such an evangelist. He'd walk the streets in a city and just share Jesus with people that he'd run into. And so he's at a home group meeting, a citizen group meeting one, one day, and he's praying in the spirit. And as he's praying in the spirit, a doctor in our church, Dr. Taesu Kim from Korea, his, his son, son was one of my best friends. Dr. Kim is standing next to Heather's grandfather. Heather's grandfather is praying in words that are not words. Dr. Kim is standing next to him and starts going, amen, amen, yes, Lord, oh, that's good, amen. After the prayer meeting, they come over to Dr. Kim and said, you were responding like you understood him. And he said, he was expressing in three perfect, Dr. Kim knew eight languages, I should have told you that. He said, he was expressing in three different languages the wonders of God in eloquence that I can't even tell you. He said, so he was, he, he was just speaking in language he, he had never learned. Is this part of the advantage Jesus wants us to have? I, I believe it is. Jesus called it the Father's promise. So let's conclude with this. I know some of this, some of this is expanding some, uh, some of your mindset. Some of you are, are doing what they did in Acts 2. They said, they must be drunk with wine. They must be crazy. 
That's what happened when the Holy Spirit fell, is the, the natural response of outside observers, is they, they must be drunk, they must be crazy. There's something so supernatural about the Holy Spirit that he marks us. Now understand something. I, I, I know that we're over, and I'm, I'm, but I'm going to close with this. Acts 2, this is where it all began. It says in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in that one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Listen, I'm telling you, I've studied this out, and and if you... you, uh, have a different conclusion I'd love to sit down with you because it's so compelling it's so it's so clear in the Old Testament at the rebellion of Babel God confused the tongues of man and in the New Testament at the birth of his church God unites the tongues of man in a heavenly in a heavenly way that only God could do there's a sign and a seal of, of every covenant And the sign and seal of the new covenant is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he prays for you, through you. He helps us, praying in the Spirit. And you might be sleeping on that thing that God gave to help you, to be an advantage to you. And that's why I've always loved Jude 20. Jude is just one chapter. So it's Jude verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. You know, it's the only place I can find in the New Testament that tells you this is how you can build your spirit up. You pray in the Spirit. That prayer language that God gave you. And when you pray in the Spirit, come on, I'm telling you, you're praying in the language of love. You're praying in the language of war. You're praying in the language of healing. You're praying in the language of redemption. You're praying in, a, in the language of, of heaven where, where there's intercession and there's hope and there's, there's power released in the midst of it. And when you pray in the Spirit, the power of God, it's the Spirit helping us by praying with us, through us, and for us. So, Jesus had good pneumatology. Remember what he said. If I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. I will just, this is the last thought. Him. The Holy Spirit is, a, is not an it. It's not a force. The Holy Spirit is not an energy. Right? The Holy Spirit is not a, some some impersonal power that we yield and or wield and direct the holy spirit is the person of the holy spirit he is the third person of the godhead and for our advantage may we learn how to fellowship with the holy spirit may we invite the ministry of the holy spirit may we be empowered by by the holy spirit and as we do God, we just, we just pray that you would awaken us. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. Awaken us to the work of the Holy Spirit. Awaken us to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Awaken us to the person of the Holy Spirit. Father, we say uh, we want to be those who take advantage of the advantage of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. Have the team. Are we all out here? I want to sing this song. I know it's kind of an offbeat Sunday, but would you just take these next three minutes to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. 
you might not agree, you might not understand and, and understand something at, at Citizen Heights. Jesus is the common denominator. So we don't hold anybody at arm's length. If you if you have different thoughts, different feelings, different understandings, take a journey. But understand right now that the revival that God has for us, it says there's an advantage in the Holy Spirit. So to whatever measure you're open to that, could we just say, Holy Spirit, today, I need you. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Can you guys go ahead and lead us in that? Let's go for it. We got we to gotta hustle. We got Citizen Group Sunday. <laughs> God was there at the Come on, let's sit. Would you just close your eyes? Would you just humble your heart and say, maybe cerebrally I don't get it, but I'm going to ask God in an honest way, Holy Spirit, if you're real, God was there at come the alive in me. Begin to work in me. His spirit brooding like a dove Spoke the earth into existence From creation that he loved Man was born a perfect image Made to be a friend of God Meant to dwell within his presence Yeah, it's where we all Holy Spirit, all we need is more. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. of new beginning He again released the dark After all the searching He found a place to land On Christ the perfect Son who redeemed it all again Looking for the branches and landed on the
your hands right where you are. Sing out your own words to him. Just lift up your own prayer right there where you are. Just Holy Spirit, what you just send upon us. Every individual in this room. Just pour out your spirit upon us. Holy Spirit. was fully purchased when the Lamb was crucified. So now freely I can ask Him, for His love has washed me clean. Let the dove of heaven rest upon the Christ in me. Let the heaven run upon the Christ in me.
Praise God. You know, we're going to wrap this up in a minute, but just as the band continues to pray or, or play, I'm going to invite you just to begin to pray. Don't stop on me, guys. There we go. Just close your eyes right where you are. And some of you, you're going to release praying in the Spirit like, like you used to do. And it's been a while. And you're just going to redig that well. Just ask for God to refresh and to renew and to revive and to awaken. As you just begin to pray and, and set an atmosphere. Maybe you're here today and you're just believing, God, I, I, I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I don't know what that looks like. We're just going to create an atmosphere for a, for a few minutes right now where we just pray. Just pray in the Spirit. Just believe God for the promise of heaven to be your portion today as you say yes to Jesus. And you just begin to release in faith as you begin to pray. And we're just praying right now as, and we're believing God. Holy Spirit, come and intercede and make intercession through us. We're praying for our spouse. We're praying for our children. We're praying for our own sense of, of health and wellness and uh, mental states and job opportunities and financial uh, uh, needs, God, physical infirmities. Father, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, we let the Spirit make intercession through us. And we just begin to release the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing and the advantage that Jesus said that we would need. And we just begin to lift up those needs. And as you, you just begin to pray for those things. And you just begin to say, Holy Spirit, with words and groanings which can't be uttered. And you just begin to give it to God. And open your mouth and engage your, your faith to say, God, you've got it. I'm putting this on the altar. Now, Lord, begin to speak life into it. God, begin to resurrect it. Begin to reawaken it. Begin to aliven it again. In Jesus' name. Come on, we're just praying in the Spirit. We're praying in the Spirit. We're saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. We're saying, Holy Spirit, we need you. Maybe you've got a marriage that's just, it's on the rocks and you, you, you don't see a course or a path out. You just begin to give that to the Lord. And now take the advantage that is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, and just begin to pray. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, take, begin to work in this situation. Holy Spirit, begin to change hearts and, and change minds and open doors and heal hurts and do what only you can do. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on your church. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Begin to awaken us. Begin to revive us. Begin to, to alert us to the day and hour in which we live. That God, we can't just do church as usual. We can't just come at this with a cerebral understanding of, of principles and ideas and concepts. We need the will and the wonder and the power of God. Lord, we've heard of your fame. We stand in awe of the deeds and the historic things we've seen, but God, renew them in our day. Renew them in our hour. Renew them in our lives. Renew them in our families. Renew them in our churches. Renew them in our cities. God, we say revive us. Let revival start in our hearts. Let revival start in our spirits. Let revival start at the foot of the cross in a surrendered life to say, God, you can have all of me. You can have my heart and you can have my head and the, all the things I don't understand all the things I, I want to know and understand but God 
the Holy Spirit. We give you free reign. Come on, let's sing that again. Holy Spirit. Come on, let's take it. Let this be enough. We just lift your hands as a sign of surrender. Say, God, we surrender to you. To be continued Monday through Friday. I just want to encourage you continue to invite that. If you've got questions about it, line upon line, let God's word be established in your life so that you have a confidence in what you stand and what you believe. But I will encourage you finding the faucet of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's sometimes hard to find where the how to turn it on and turn it off. And I don't have any other analogy than that. It's like, well, how do you how do you let the Holy Spirit really like? How do you how do you let Him do what He wants to do? It's kind of it's difficult at first, especially for intellectual, reasonable, logical humans, to kind of go in that frequency. But it's something that you practice. You know, it's interesting. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. Kind of a big deal. 1 Corinthians 14 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's like, I thank God that I am taking advantage of the advantage. And I pray. And people would say, well, 1 Corinthians, they they talk about how don't do it in public because it doesn't edify somebody. Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about prayer language, right? We're talking about you praying, allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you, right? And you're like, yeah, but 1 Corinthians 14, that's where the Corinthians were abusing it. So Paul had to bring order to it. But the point is, it was part of the normal expression of a believer in Jesus. And so practice it, read about it, study it, and release it, and watch what God does. We're going to pivot very quickly now because we've kept you too long. Uh, Pastors David and Guyana.